Father, I thank you, Lord, that I only say what you'd have me to say. Lord, I thank you that no corrupt word comes out of my mouth, only what brings faith and edification to the hearer. And everybody said, Amen. Goodness. Todd, if you'll put that chart up on there for me real quick. We've been, we have been, who said that? We have been studying this for about three weeks in discipleship. And then two weeks ago on a Saturday night, Lee broke it down slowly. Now I'm going to take this from beginning to end and I'm going to put the testimony to it that will bring it to light even better because it was only about a week, 10 days ago that I really come to grips with this entire thing. When you first see it, it's very intimidating, or at least it was for me. Um, but once, uh, once I come to the absolute uh, end of it, I understood that the Lord helped me with my own testimony, showed me every process that we go through through this. Amen? So for there's a few of here that don't really know one of my stories is um, several years ago in the ministry here, when I really had a serious rejection problem, I had, hey Marvin, I had, um, I had facial hair. And this was, I'd had it since I was about 19. So at that time, for, you, for those of you that don't, that don't know the story, I'll quickly give it this to you. Um, I never shaved it. My wife had never seen my face. My children had never seen my face. And all the time I'd hid behind the beard because I was so picked on as a child because of the way I looked. So it built that seed of rejection and fear. And man, I mean, I was just eaten up with, 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 with rejection. So as, as I started going through this process in the ministry here and being processed for the office of the evangelist, um, the apostle, Brother Gene, he, he, knew, he knew what was in me, and he knew it had to come out. So, that being said, the first, the first instance of this is when we start with the first witness of the Spirit. That's when God, God enlightens us. And one of the things that, that um, I've said here, this is God's contact point in which he illuminates and shows man the way. It is that gentle leading, that, that, that small, still voice, that lead. It doesn't push or, or, or yell. It just gently, gently leads. And as you grow in maturity in this, you'll begin to understand and hear God's voice more clearly. It comes without a rational thought. And I'll go through this. So, in this testimony where I start from beginning and go to end, this is how the first witness came to me. Now, it can come directly from your intuition of your own spirit, or it can come through the apostle, it can come through someone else, a teacher, it can even come through my third witnesses from the TV set, a commercial. So we'll get into that as we go. But Paul said, I've come to you the third time. And every word will be established by two to three witnesses, right? So this first witness, this is one Saturday night, completely after the service. We were in this room over here, and I forget somebody's birthday, and we were all eating cake over here. And everybody had kind of walked out. And there was, there was still five or six people in there. And Brother Gene said, come here. And he pulled me close, and he got right in my ear so no one could hear me, hear him, rather, 
but me. And he says, when are you going to shave that beard and mustache off? And I was like, I jerked back from him and I said, why'd you say that? And he said, I didn't. Well, immediately, immediately, the witness came. It just flooded. And immediately, I went out the back door because my spirit was willing, but my flesh was weak. I wanted no part of it. So when I got out, the, when I hit the back door, I got into the vehicle with Paige, and she says, immediately, she says, what's the matter? And I couldn't speak. This is how bad this rejection was in me. I could not even speak. But yet, deep down inside, I knew the voice of God had just spoken, and I was not happy. I was not happy at all. Now, it's one thing when God speaks, and it's something that you want to do, because then my soul, my soul is in agreement with my spirit. But when it's something that I don't want to do, that's when we have the issue between the spirit and the soul or flesh, as we talked about earlier today, the flesh. Because the flesh wants what, what the flesh wants. So when I walk out the door, I am not happy. The next day, Paige said she had been trying to get me to take her to Hilton Head, and I, I, I no more wanted to go to Hilton Head, but anyway, I did it just to pacify her, so we loaded up and we went to Hilton Head, and the whole day, I said 10 words, and she said, thank you for bringing me over here. She says, you're here in, in body, but you're not here. What is going on? And I said, I can't talk. I could not even talk about it at the moment. That's how deep-rooted it was. Fear, fear was just boiling you know and i could not get to grips of this so when the intuition of the spirit came let's go to that first scripture which is going to be romans eight sixteen. the spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit assuring us that we are children of god so what happened when he spoke to me that was my first witness he spoke the word in my ear, and time I got in my vehicle, I had that witness. I knew that that was God speaking. Even though I did not want to hear that message, I knew that that was God speaking. You with me? Okay, so <clears throat> we're going. Uh, so now that I've heard the word, go to the next scripture, which is which is that's now. What's go back to the chart first? Todd. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. The Spirit bore witness here. Now, I need faith to get over to, the, to my head, right? Faith comes by what? Now you can put, go to the next scripture. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So, so faith comes by hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. So even though the Word came from the apostle, it was straight from the throne room of God. It was the witness. Y'all with me? Sheila, you with me? Good. <laughs> Sheila's my witness back there. So now I've moved straight into what? The trial. Where's the trial? Right here in my soul. 
because I didn't want to do that. There was nothing about me wanting to shave. Not one thing, not anything. So what is the very first thing? Let's go to Deuteronomy 6, 5. It said, you will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Here it says your mind and your might. Well, when we get into this situation, into the trial, we immediately have to make a decision. What kingdom are we going to choose? Is it going to be God's kingdom? Or is it going to be the devil's kingdom? Right here. This is also what we've been studying is what? Gilgal. What is Gilgal? Death. That's where we must decide who we're going to serve. Right? So, how do I love him with all of my heart? Worship. How do I love him with all of my soul? Obedience. How do I love him with all of my strength? My action, correct. My action. So I made the choice. Even though I was totally a wreck at that time, that's, that's the Sunday, the following Sunday I'm in Hilton Head, all this reasoning, all that day was going on. Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to follow that path? So when I get to the point where I'm knowing there was such an accountability on me because I am in the office, I had to. I didn't have any choice but to choose the right direction, even though I still wasn't happy. So now it throws me where? Over to where? My will and choice. Or? Bethel, the place of decision. The place of decision. Okay? What were my scriptures on that, um, uh, Todd? It was, uh, uh, yes, Romans 5 first and then, right. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance, and endurance fortitude develops maturity of character, approved faith and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation." Was in this will and choice, was I happy? Oh, such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us, for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Was I happy in this decision? No, I wasn't. Now, now go to Joshua. I wasn't happy in this decision at all. But in this particular situation, have you ever seen two bulldogs fighting? And this is how you get through this trial when you really don't want to do the thing that God's asking you to do. Have you ever seen two bulldogs fighting? You have? Well, if you've ever known anything about a pit bull, once they lock on, they do not let go. You can't pull them apart. It either takes a shotgun blast in the air or sometimes spraying water on work. But the, my point is, when you get a grip that I shall 
I will. I am not going to let go. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to make the right decision. I'm going to do what I have to do. Yes, there was pain in it. Yes, there is suffering in it. But the joy and the peace that will come out of it more overshadows what you will go through. Amen? Look at what Joshua said. I love this. This is one of my verses that Gene didn't use. I don't understand why he didn't, he didn't see this one because I know he's going to listen to this. So. Isn't that funny? Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord! Exclamation point. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, I will, I shall, got the bulldog grip, I'm going to serve him. Even if it costs me, it hurts me, it pains me, my flesh is hurting, my feelings hurting, I feel like my guts are hanging out, whatever I have to do because the joy comes in the morning and the peace is overwhelming. Amen? Now, here comes the second witness. The second witness. We had a, that was Saturday night. I got the first witness. He spoke in my ear. The second witness was Wednesday night in the conference room. And there was another, and it was, it was from Gene again. And it was supposed to just be a ministry meeting. And there was about six or eight of us in there. And Gene was actually at the far end of the table. And I was at the other head of the table. And after the, the ministry meeting was over, Gene began to teach. And that's very kind of unusual in the ministry, meet, ministry meetings. But he began to teach. And what, was, what happened next is, the, is only people that have been in the conference room and been here for several years understand what goes on in the conference room sometimes. But he began to pierce me with his eyes. And his eyes changed. They did. And he began to speak directly to me. I mean, his eyes were fixed on my eyes, and I began to sweat profusely. It was pouring down my face because I understood whom was speaking to me. Still not happy. Not happy a bit. Still not happy. Wow. I'm sitting there and I'm wiping sweat and nobody, knew, I think Lee may have understood what was going on, but nobody else even recognized it or even knew what was really happening, but I did. And nobody else in the room saw this, but he made the motion. He looked at me and said, nobody saw that. Gene, I know you're listening and I was motioning that you were telling me to shave. <laughs> He's going to giggle in his truck when he hears that. So time we got out of that meeting, I literally grabbed him by the wrist and I literally pulled him over here to this ministry. I was a mess. I really was. And I began to say, but, 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 me, 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 I, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand what I've been through all my life. No, I can't do this, blah, 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 blah. His eyes glazed over. And I looked at him and I, I, immediately I knew. 
I said, I looked him straight in the face. I said, you don't even want to hear this, do you? He went, nope. That's what he said, just like that. And I mean, it felt cold. It felt indifferent. I'm like, I'm bleeding here. Don't you care? That's the way it felt to me. He said, nope, go home and tell him. Because I had to work this out in my soul with my master. Y'all follow me? Okay. Put 2 Corinthians up for me. This is the third time I am coming to you by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Must any charge in every uh, accusing statement be sustained and confirmed? There's my second witness again. My second witness is when he was speaking to me through that conference table. Wow, it was powerful. Again, I knew who was speaking. See, once, once you start moving into Him, drawing out of Him, He'll draw out of you, you understand when God, when you create and cultivate this relationship, you understand who begins to speak to you and then you act accordingly. Well, let me tell you something. In this second witness, that is the place of what? That is now Jericho. What is Jer what? What did we say Jericho was? This is the emotions. This is the place of warfare. Whew. That night, I went home. Warfare broke out for the next four hours. For the next four hours, I literally worshipped. I cried. My wife was gone. She was at her mother's in Hazelhurst, Georgia. I had the whole house to myself. I laid on the floor. I cried. I sat in a chair. I cried. I said, God, just like Jesus, let this pass from me. Don't ask me. You know I love you. You know I'll serve you. I'll preach your word. I'll do whatever you have me to do, but don't ask me to do this. It was not going to work. I was talking to a, a brick wall because he wasn't listening. All he wanted was my obedience. That's all he wanted. The place of warfare. For four hours, I labored before the Lord that night. Four hours. Whew. Then the decision came. After the four hours, I decided, which now throws me into the love function or Jordan crossing over where I made a decision. Still not happy. No, I am not happy. I am not a happy evangelist. Not one bit. There was no joy in me at that point, but I was obedient. Just being, just being transparent and truthful. I was not happy. But I made a decision, just like Joshua, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I had it, bull gra bulldog grip on it, wasn't going to let go of it, whatever I had to do. Four hours that night. So, okay. So what happens in the soul test? When, you, when I'm going through all this, what happens? Adversity. Adversity. Man, my head was all over the place. Any of y'all been there? Any of y'all where you just 
You do not, you can't move to the left or the right. You don't know what to do. You don't know if somebody went that way, you meant you do this. You have no clue. That's the adversity which is on the inside. So now put up Hebrews 11.6 for me. Because now that I have made that decision, I've gone through the, through, through the intellect reasoning, choosing God, making the choice, going through the warfare, crossing over into Jordan. Now I need the faith to cross over to where? The rest. Just to be still and know that He is God. But without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to Him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek Him out. What was I doing for four hours the night before? I'm seeking my God out, even though it hurt and there was pain and there was suffering in it, but now I know I can get into the rest. Now, I'm going to say this again. In my rest, Chris, was I happy? No. I still was not happy, but I could be at rest with the decision that I had made knowing that God was going to show up. He was coming to my rescue shortly. doesn't say just your rest. you got to be just absolutely peachy. But you just be still and know. You be still and know. So in your rest, you're communing with the Father. You made all these decisions, and now you really push in and love Him with all your heart, and you worship. You stay in that vein to keep your head still, keep your mind clear. Now the action's going forth. But what happens in the rest? Temptation. Here comes temptation. What was the temptation? Well, let me tell you what the temptation was. Uh, hey, bro. That's what God said. Or the devil said. Hey, bro. Your mama hadn't even seen your face since she was 19 years old. Hey, man. Your kids hadn't have never seen your face. Paige might just up and leave you, dog, if you shave that off. Really? Oh, yeah, it's funny. But it wasn't funny to me. I can laugh about it now. <laughs> but it was not funny at the time. Because that temptation, man, he was hitting me left and right. This was in my rest. But when temptation comes in your rest, lift up your head because your salvation is coming near. Your redemption is drawing near. Don't give up there. Don't give in to his temptation when you're right there. You're right there. You got it in your grips. Don't give up. Be like the bulldog. You grab a hold to it and you don't let go. Amen? Give me Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your soul. What is your soul? Your head. Keeps your head still. Just lean on Him. 
Every time the thought comes, you take the thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when that thought hits you, I'm going to just move it right on out. It comes, move it right on out. Are you all with me? <laughs> okay, so coming now soon is my third witness. So after I'd come to the conclusion, I am going to do what God has asked me to do. And I said, Lord, can I please wait to Friday? Don't laugh at me, guys. I said, Lord, can I please wait to Friday till at least Paige comes home? Please don't make me do this without at least being able to talk to my wife. And the funniest thing I said, if you've read my testimony or you've heard me speak on this before, it was the only thing that I said to God all that week that he really agreed with. That's cool. You can do that. So Paige comes home Thursday afternoon, and I said, Sit down, Paige. We have to talk. So I began to tell Paige everything. She did not know the story. She did not know why this was affecting me the way it is. She didn't even know at that point. I kept everything from her the whole week. She didn't know. And I told her everything that had happened. I told her why I had acted the previous weekend, why I couldn't speak when we left the ministry that night, why I was like I was at, at um, Hilton Head the next day. And I said, this is what God is requiring for me to do. And I cried like a little eight-year-old girl. That's transparency for you. Because it was still very painful for me. That wound was wide open. And I'm telling you what, I have a princess for a woman. She said, if that's what God is requiring of you, then you do it. So I go to sleep. Friday morning comes. Here comes the third witness. And every time I look at Chris, I see this witness. Every time. Because my third witness I'm watching the news. I'm dreading it. When I have to go to the bathroom, I got to shave. I, don't, I still don't want to shave, Chris. So my third witness is I'm sitting there drinking my morning cup of coffee. I'm watching the news, and the commercial that comes on is the old Spice Man with no shirt on riding a white horse. You know that little, that little whistle tune they do? And I'm thinking, really, God? Really? Oh, yes, a great sense of humor. But he wasn't done. Five minutes later, the next one comes on. It was the, tri the, the chick triple fusion, extra lube with the man. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. But, man, let me tell you something. You think this is funny? When I saw those two commercials, it hit my spirit and drove me out of bed drove me off the side, and to the bathroom I went. Whew. I'm thinking, God, I can't wait another second. And I'm still, man, I'm bleeding. I don't want to do this so bad. I go in there, and man, I just, and I'm shaving everything. There's hair flying everywhere. Looks like a cat in a washing machine. And I'm shaving all this stuff off, you know. And you know, the funniest thing is, is when, I looked at myself in the mirror, 
Tears poured down my face, but for the first time, I felt the warmness of God's love and approval come over me. Chris, I still ain't happy because I haven't received yet. I've just been obedient. You follow me? I've just been obedient. Put the chart back up for me. I'm right here, resting. Third witness comes. Go back. I'm right here, resting. Third witness comes. Now I've shaved, but I haven't received yet. Let's go to Matthew 11, 20. Let me, yeah, no, no, wait a minute. See. What was my next one? Was it the, no. No, no, uh, give, give me James 2.17. Now I'm entering into the faith, the conquering faith. So also faith, if it does not have works and deeds, is what? Is dead. Faith without works is dead. So also faith, if it does not have works and deeds and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself is destitute of power, inoperative, dead. I had to shave. That was the action. But it sends, it sent me into the faith conquering that I would be able to receive. Now what happens in your what happens during this time? Opposition comes. Now, this was one of my problems in the beginning, trying to understand this whole thing as, as we go along. The difference between the, the uh, uh, adversity and opposition. I, I was getting that mixed up because the adversity is what's inside. Remember remember what he said to me? Well, no, well, no, excuse me. The adversity was the, all the turmoil that was going on in my soul. It was on the inside, in my head. The opposition that... Who, where does the opposition come from? People, people, peoples. You know what my own family said? You know what my own brother said? Dog, put that back. Put that back. He, okay, you proved your point, now put it back. Now, come on, I'm still bleeding, you know. I'm still got this open wound, you know, and I'm, I'm, I've been obedient, I'm doing the right thing, and you know, and I know God's approved me. I feel His approval. I feel it. I can sense it. My spirit's heightened to it. But at the same time, oh, here comes opposition, and I can't tell you how many people that first week went. Yeah, all the faces I got, because nobody, everybody had seen me ever since they could ever remember with either a full beard or at least the Fu Manchu thing going on. And they, they were looking at me like, dude, put that back. What have you done? Now, understand something. This was my point to hide. It was also my point of arrogance. I thought I was somebody with it. I actually thought I was cute, Robin. Y'all wrong. Y'all wrong. That's why God had to move it. Because I had to be humble. He said to me, how can you minister deliverance from rejection when you are eaten up with it yourself? That was hard. 
Consequently, the Lord has used that same thing with me, with other deliverances. He speaks the same way to me. That's the wonderful, beautiful thing about our Father. He knows how to speak to Chris. He knows how to speak to Robin. He knows how to speak to my brother Greg. He knows how to speak to everybody in here in a way that you will receive it. That you know. So, what happens is, I move on. First week, that Friday, I, I come walking in the door, and Gene and I had an appointment with a client in the conference room at 10 a.m., and it was on Friday morning. Gene, during that time, would meet with Pastor Robeson, and they sat right here. One chair here, one chair here. Gene sat right here with his back to the wall, the door, and, bro and Pastor Robeson sat right here. And I came through the door looking for Gene because the people were here, and he was running over with him. It was already five or six minutes after, and... Gene kind of looked over his shoulder and he says, is the client here? And I went, yes. And this was Pastor Robinson's who knew nothing, knew, knew absolutely nothing. He looked up and saw me and he went, he did a double take. And this is what came out of his mouth. Now that looks like a son. He knew nothing. What he meant was spiritual son. And Gene jerked around. And when he did, y'all know Gene. He doesn't much emotion. He yelled, come out of his chair, flew over to me right here, and threw his arms around me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm snotting everywhere and crying everywhere. I was just, I mean, it was just a mess. It was really funny. That was Friday. So I made it through the first week after that. It was hard. Still dealing with the opposition, the funny looks from everybody. Man, grow that back kind of thing. Opposition, opposition, opposition. Every time opposition come, I'd praise harder. Every time it come, I'd praise harder. I'd worship more. I'm getting through this, God. You brought me this far. You did this for a reason. I'm going to trust you. Blessed is the man who trusts the Lord. Trust, trust, trust. First week, all right. Second week, all right. Third week. Hmm, okay. It's getting a little better now. Fourth week, all of a sudden, man. Whew, I begin to feel completely different. Viewed myself differently. Why? Because now I'm seeing myself as God saw me. Y'all follow me? Give me 1 Peter 5.10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who imparts all blessings in favor, who has called you to His own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will Himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. That's what happened at about week three and a half, right there. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it was hard. Did I suffer? Yes. But let me tell you something. If I had not been obedient, I would not be standing before you tonight. I wouldn't. 
I couldn't have gone on. I couldn't have fulfilled my calling in this office of the evangelist if I had not been obedient. Give me that next scripture, 2 Peter eleven thirty four. For His divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to the life of godliness through the full personal knowledge of Him who called us and to His own glory and excellence. By means of these He hath bestowed on us His precious and exceedingly great promise so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness lust and greed and become share partakers of the divine nature. And give me the last one I've got is first Peter one nine. At the same time you receive the result, outcome, consummation of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Now I've received. You get you get what this means? I went through this, go back to the chart. I went through this whole process of the first witness, working my salvation out in my soul, faith that carried me to rest, dealing with temptation, going on to faith conquering, dealing with opposition, all the way to the receiving, and at the point of receiving after about three and a half weeks or so, that was the consummation. I received the salvation. Of what? My soul. See, my spirit was already tuned into Jesus. It was already right there. It's this thing right here that we all have the issue with. It's really, again, I'm going to repeat this from the beginning. It is easy when we get a word from God that we know it's the intuition of the Spirit speaking to us with something we want to do because our soul's already in agreement with it. Our spirit's already in agreement with it. The only thing we have to worry about then is not getting ahead of God, waiting, go through the soul test. Am I doing this for the glory of God? Is this going to, is the timing right? But when it's something that you don't want to do, is when the battle is on. But the joy that when I can be obedient is so great. The reward is so great. His reward system is so phenomenal. Amen? Let me ask you, the ones that you have been in discipleship and you went through this whole process, did the testimony bring things a little clearer? <laughs> Praise God. It's that easy. You know? But I will say, sometimes it's not, it's not easy. He didn't say that it was going to be easy. He just said, trust me and obey me. Remember, go all the way back to Deuteronomy 6, 5. I will love the Lord my God with all of my heart, which is the pneuma, my spirit, all of my soul, and all of my strength, with all of my worship, my obedience, and my action. Whew. Praise God. We have hams in this ministry. (laughs) 
pure old out pork hams. You hear me? <laughs> God bless you for coming tonight. I, I, you know, this was what time is it? Am I early? Man, I'm, I am early. I can start on my second sermon now. <laughs> Praise God. Well, do we have any questions? Any questions? Yes. Hold on. Thank you, Brother Carrie. Every time that I hear this you know, process, you know, I learn something new every time. And your testimony was great, you know. And before all of this here, I never understood why I was going through these trials, you know. But then now I know because God wants me to like, you know, get to a point of dominion, you know. So as I grow in faith, you know, from faith to faith, I'm reaching that point where I'm more than a conqueror. Okay? Do y'all remember what I said discipline was? Who remembers what I said what discipline was? Discipline is the minister or God trying to get you to do something you do not want to do in order to get you to a place you've always wanted to be. That's what He loves you so much. That's the discipline. God or the minister, discipline is God or the minister trying to get you to do something you do not want to do in order to get you to a place you've always wanted to be. You got a question? Okay, so with the first at the first witness, let's just say I know this this is perfect for the testimony, right? Um let's just say you got the first witness. What if you would have just went home and shaved that very first day? Would you have just, you know, would you still have, you know, got the love that you needed to give, got from God or the dominion that you needed to get? Yes, possibly so, but you have to understand something. The rejection was so deep in me, it was not going to be that easy. Matter of fact, the second witness, God knew I needed all three witnesses. He said, he's hard-headed. I'm going to have to talk to him three times. But he said it, two to three witnesses. But to answer your question, it's easy to do something you're already in agreement with. It's the thing that you don't want to do. Well, you get to a point where even if you know your soul doesn't want to do it, that you just be obedient, I'm saying, with the outcome. Because, you know, where you are now, you, the same thing may come. And you may just, Lord, I'm just going to go ahead and do it in faith. And then, you know, is the, the end result still the same? You know, that what you felt and the love and all that he wanted you to receive. Well, as, as you mature in Christ and as you get to know the Father's voice, you know, there will be times that you can, you can act immediately, but you always need to wait for a second witness. You always need to wait because you can get ahead of God. Is that wrong? I mean, I was just going to say, and, um, you know, I'm still learning as well, but I just know that Gene always says that your trial should last but a breath, you know, and um, the thing is, is it, it could have worked if it hit the spirit, if he made the choice, if he was at peace with it, 
he probably could have done it that day. But the reason that it took so long is because the Lord was trying to work something out of him that was so deep. It wasn't like it just happened yesterday. This happened years ago. Right. This happened year. Well, we're not going to talk about years, but it happened long ago. And he never. Yeah. And he never understood why, why it was like that, you know, but the Lord had showed him. And that's just something that the Lord has showed him you know, and then the spirit and then the spirit came and then let him know it's time. But it took him so long because it was so deep rooted that when it came out, there's much more blessing involved in it. Okay, I have a question. What do you do when you feel on your rest? You know, okay. I think I asked you that question already, and you did try to explain it, but I'm still struggling with. I, I'm. I think I'm getting the first two part, but when you're in your rest area, how how do you know when to move or when to stay still, or do you go home and sleep? You wait. You wait for the next witness. But when you're in your rest, you, you go in communion with the Father. In other words, you stay in worship. You make sure that you're not accepting thoughts that shouldn't come because in your rest, you're going to have temptations to get outside of your rest because He wants to throw you back into the trial. Watch this. While, while you're in your rest, Satan tempts to do something to, to get... For, actually, it says, Gene put here, to, to tempt you to do something for God. You know, like, say something that you're really not supposed to say, but while you're in your rest, he wants you to, he wants you to get off track to throw you back into the trial so you can go through this mess again. So in your rest, communion, stay in communion with the Father. Matter of fact, as a matter of fact, um, uh, Todd, communion, go to, uh, give me a Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and bless quiet for your soul. So while you're in your rest, Father, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to make my decisions based on my communion with you. And you stay in touch with the Father. Don't listen. When the temptation comes, move away from the temptation. Take the thought captive and move away from it. Sheila, you had something else? Apostle Paul, I mean, Gene had mentioned that um, one night he did say, when you're going through a trial, um, you know, find somebody to serve because it gets your mind off of the problem, off of the, you know, yeah, issue or whatever, however. Yeah, so it's like, you know, get yourself out of yourself, serve somebody. And when you do that, then you'll come out of your trial even faster. And then it may have taken you like a month to come out of that trial. But you know, though, trials doesn't have a time limit, you know? And because it was a blind spot there, and, and all of us do have blind spots, and thank God for deliverance. 
but your trials doesn't have a time limit, you know. Um, well, there's a time involved, but then it doesn't have to be long. It can be short. So it all, you know, depends on like, you know, how you're focusing on it or let's say not focusing on it. Well, I, I do believe that we can determine how long we stay in the trial. We, we, we can determine that because we can, we can just keep, we can keep reliving it over and over again and not really making the decision, going through the process and the reasoning, will and choice, and then the warfare and then crossing over. If we don't go through that process, we can just stay there because we can stay in reasoning forever. You can question, 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 question. So we really do, and this is a maturing thing. When you go, I mean, the first time, you know, I've been through a couple other ones now, and I've gone through them very easily. I've gone right through them. You know, it didn't, it didn't take, that whole process that you heard me talk about tonight went from Saturday to Friday, from Saturday to Friday before I shaved, and then it was another three weeks or so before I really received. So it that whole process was probably about a month. Okay? We still recording? Um, I gave this testimony a couple of weeks ago, and, um, you know, the, I really feel like the Lord had told me that I needed to, you know, that I needed to cancel the child support for, for my son's dad. And this is against all reason, you know, um, but I, I felt that I needed to. So this, it went on for three weeks and I said, what if this, what if this, what if this? And then in the midst of that, I made all these decisions or these choices. And I'm thinking, well, if I, if I cancel this, how am I going to afford this? I'm worrying about all this stuff. And I really did go through all of this, but I made, so I made the decision and it took me about three weeks. Um, I finally made the decision. No, I'm going to do it. And then, um, it wasn't, it didn't feel good. It did not feel good to me at all. I was not happy. Um, but I, I went ahead and did it. And, you know, the beauty about it is, is the Lord has already shown me a long time ago, a few years back that there is going to be reconciliation between me and Phineas's father. And, um, in doing that, I was just like, well, I don't know, Lord, how, I mean, how is this, how is this going to help me? Because I feel like it's just hurting me. But, you know, I mean, the Lord really does have a sense of humor <laughs> um, because it was, I, you know, I made the decision. I put the letter in, um, I put the letter in the mail to mail it out. And then an hour later, I want to say maybe an hour, maybe even two hours later, Michaela called me. We normally text, but she called me and she says, Robin, I had a dream about you. And I said, okay, you know, that, that's awesome. You know, so I called her later that day and, and she said, she said, yeah, I had a dream about you. She said, it happened so fast. She said, you started talking to, to Phineas's dad again. And the next day you guys got married. So not saying that it was that he's my husband, but that took to mean to me that there was going to be reconciliation. And that was another step that it needed, that needed to be taken I mean, it was, if you want to call it instant confirmation, that's what it was to me because it was so painful, but I got the blessing out of it and it hasn't reached its full, you know, full fruition yet, but the Lord has already shown me that it's happening and it is happening. And, um, even being obedient when you don't want to, 
I mean, that's that's a sure sign that you need to do it. If you don't want to do it, that's a sure sign that you need to do it. So anyways. Any more questions? Any more comments? Um, just that I'm going through it now and I'm not done. I'm just going to put it on paper to see why I am. I'm being stubborn. That's transparent. The Lord knew I was stubborn too. That's why I, I, it took me a whole week to get where I needed to get. But it wasn't necessarily about being stubborn. It could be what's in you that, but understand God wants that to come out. So you can be whole. Get in your plan. You know, I love that this week the Lord showed me something on Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Now, we've heard that all our life, right? All things work together. All things work together for good. Uh, every time something was bad in your life <clears throat> in, in the Christian world, they, oh, bless God, all things work together. Don't worry about it. Don't fear. Don't worry. But understand something. They never finished the rest of that verse. All things will work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. What is his purpose? The plan. So, if I'm called according to his purpose, and I'm in his purpose, okay, now we're talking two different things. Remember, Greg, you and I were having a conversation today. God's love is unconditional, but the word is conditional. If you read it, the word's conditional. If, then, so. I mean, those words are conditional words if you if, if you get right down to it. So when we are called according to his purpose, his plan, then all those things work together for the good. Amen? Pray. I'm going to do a Snoopy dance right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. All right, y'all had enough? I can stay here all night long. What do y'all want to do? I am so thankful for God giving um, Apostle Gene this chart, you know, because if we had been taught the process and why the trials we'll be much more stronger Christians a long time ago. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But no one's even teaching this. And now that we're being taught, we are stronger. You know what? Put me in a trial, I'll walk through that thing. Okay? You know, because we have the word. The word is right there. And then we, we just understand, you know, the adversity, the opposition, the death, burial, and resurrection. Well, let me let me bring this to your attention too, because now you get now I'm excited. <laughs> now I'm excited. Now I'm gonna preach. Understand something? When I first saw this, this looked so incredible. I'm like, my mercy! The apostle pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes. I'm not gonna get this, really. I mean, that just looks so intimidating with all the scriptures up there. But once you get this process, what I did through my process is I took one scripture for every step. The one that spoke to me the loudest. And I even found one like the one in Joshua that just grabbed me. Choose. Choose over here in Will and Choice in Bethel. Choose. But once you get it, now go back 
Go back and start adding the other verses because you will build revelation upon the revelation that you have that you will be able to get even deeper into this process. And once you know where you are, you said you were being stubborn and you want to figure out where you are. Once you get to that place where you are, then go to those verses and begin to feed your head. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of my mind. When my mind starts getting renewed in wherever step I am, it helps me go right through it. You want to be obedient, right? See, that's the thing. We have to want to be obedient. Even though we're not being obedient, we have to want to be obedient. And once we get our mind right in whatever step we're in, then it becomes much easier. Because why? Faith comes by what? Hearing. It's right here. Romans, uh, I think it, what was it? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. Every step. If you're stuck in a step, find out why am I stuck in this step. Go to the Word. I got we got scriptures for every step. Amen. Yeah, I'm telling you. All right, bless God. Are we done? All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We praise you for your Word, God. We thank you for this ministry that brings forth revelation on top of revelation, Father, to help us grow, God, that we could be in you. Lord, we give you honor and glory, and go with us, Father, till we see you again in Jesus' name. Amen.